We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we've got more comments from Marcus Freeman up uh, coming up. Vince, are you ready for some rapid fire? Always ready, baby. Let's Always do it. ready. So we'll continue with some of the Marcus Freeman comments and conversation from his press conference today. And we've got uh, some more comments queued up and ready to go here. So I'm curious to kind of see where this first one goes because starting with this, he voluntarily, Freeman did, he voluntarily brought up the topic of contract buyouts at the press conference today. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just, here we go. You know, during this process, you know, I was made aware of some misconceptions of, you know, what was being said out there. And, and obviously most of it is just not true, you know. And, and my wife even showed me a picture of me is, is somebody out there asking for for money for a buyout and had my head on it you know i said listen i told my wife that ain't my job now you know and i said uh um I, I thought it was pretty funny but the misconception of obviously the support right at no time during this process did i not have the support of jack swarbrick in the administration and that's i want to be very crystal clear about that at no point during this process or since my time that I've been here, did I not, do I not feel um, that I've had the support of our administration and Jack? He's offered to pay whatever buyout there's been, right? And that's a part of college football. It's a part of business, right? It's their buyout. There's, there are certain buyouts for different people. Jack Swarbrick has never shied away from paying a buyout. Listen, in our line of business, the part of college football and college business we negotiate buyouts that's any coordinator position coach that has a buyout like we we talk about those things right we discuss them but that's not the reason why somebody didn't choose Notre Dame let's make sure we we get that out there two individuals decided that it was best for them to stay where they're at and much credit to them congratulations we found the guy I feel is is the the right guy for us and I just don't want the the, the, the narrative to be that somebody didn't choose Notre Dame because of a bio, because it's not true. And I'll say it again and again, that is not the truth. Okay. And, um, okay. So Vince, that's what he had to say. And again, this was, this was part of his, he voluntarily brought this up. 
And yes, Jack was in the room. Jack was standing at the back of the room. And I'll, I don't know what you have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, no. I'll, I'll get into that here yeah. in a minute. So there's a lot there. Um, and I know Brian's going to go a lot deeper into this on his show tomorrow. I believe they had mostly a recruiting show today. You know, he right. posted some stuff on the boards about it today. He's going to share his much more intense feelings about that on uh, tomorrow's show. But what what do you think when you hear Marcus Freeman say that? As I was watching it live. Now, I was not in the room. I was watching it on my computer screen, right? I just didn't make my way over the way all the way over to campus today. Because, frankly, I forgot that it was happening. And you texted me about 20 minutes beforehand. You're like, are you going to watch? I'm like, okay, <laughs> I was planning on going, but not anymore. Uh, but anyway, I have never, and you can hear it in that soundbite. And I think it was even more prevalent in, in the audio version of the press conference. He sounded like he had just run there. Okay. He sounded out of breath, which is a tell to me that he was uncomfortable with the speech that he was giving. Okay. He, he did. It didn't sound like normal Marcus Freeman to me. Now we've only had a year of Marcus Freeman and what he sounds like, but to me, it just didn't sound like he believed the words that were even coming out of his own mouth. But we've all given that presentation at work where the boss is sitting there in your eyesight. And that's what it felt like. It felt like, okay, am I saying the right thing? Is this, am I saying what I'm supposed to say? Am I, am I towing the company line? Like, that's what it felt like to me. It felt like a presentation where you are giving what the boss wants you to say. That's what it felt like. And I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, like, but if, that's what if it felt like. To if me. he wasn't told to address it in some way, it felt like, it was at least implied in some way, or, you know, he definitely felt he needed to address it because again, he brought it up himself and that was as uncomfortable and like, yeah, I'm not a body language expert, but when you watch Marcus Freeman at the podium and I, you know, I wish I had the video, but you know, it's with, with all the stuff that's going on, it's, it's typically a little bit easier to, you know, just to cut the sound bites, we at least get to hear it. But like, when you look at Marcus Freeman stand at the podium, he is typically very poised, very cool, very composed, does not move around a lot, does not, you know, have a lot of head movement and all that kind of stuff. When he was talking during that specific cut, he was doing all of all of the above. He was moving around more. His head was moving around more. You know, there was a lot more sort of animation from Marcus Freeman than you're mm -hmm. ever used to seeing right. when he when he answers a question there was there was definitely a different demeanor from him and as to the jack swarbrick part of it it was interesting because i was wondering going in will jack swarbrick be there today and so you know what the setup is inside the stadium it's it's the stadium post-game interview room right and three of the walls are solid so you know like there's no windows or anything like that well on the side you know where the tunnel is i'm i'm trying to describe this for people who have never seen the setup because I know you have obviously Vince the tunnel from the field like as you leave the field you walk up the tunnel and as you get almost all the way up the tunnel if you look to your right there is a room with windows and you can see in the post game interview room so that's where we were sitting you know that's that's where it is and so about 3 or 4 minutes before the press conference is supposed to start and you know nobody's there yet Jack Swarbrick walks up and he's kind of standing outside the room where you can see him, you know, through the windows standing outside the room there. And then he waits for the rest 
of the gaggle to show up and they all walk in the room together. Marcus Freeman starts off the press conference and then Jack stands at the back of the room. So literally, you know, like Marcus Freeman, right in his eyesight, can lock eyes with Jack Swarbrick anytime he looks in that direction. And I'll just say for this to come up, for this topic to come up, I was just disappointed that, you know, again, we have no idea if this was determined in advance that Marcus, you need to bring this up or whatever. Marcus just brought it up on his own. I was just disappointed after everything that happened last week with the reports, obviously. Mm-hmm. Reports, by the way, that we still very strong feel very strongly oh, about yeah. that were accurate. Yes, especially based, based on, on who we know the sources yes. of those reports are. Felt very strongly about the accuracy of those reports and then leading up to the email that Jack Swarbrick sent out. I was disappointed that if this was going to come up today that the athletic director who is the one calling all the shots on this whether a buyout's going to be paid all of this stuff that he didn't get up and at the very least make a statement if not spend 5 minutes answering a couple questions we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. As as yeah. the leader of the athletic department who is in the room, that's what I would have expected right. from Jack Swarbrick. He, he and so I was that disappointed that that didn't happen and that Marcus yeah. Freeman, essentially, who, you know, Marcus Freeman could want Andy Ludwig or, or whoever, but he's obviously not the one who's signing that check and making that call on any buyout. So buyouts might happen all the time, but Marcus Freeman is the middleman. He's not the one, you know, Mm-hmm. Making the final call on that. The guy who was making the final call was standing in the room and never spoke to the media. And I just feel that that's disappointing. I agree. I, I The fact that he put Marcus Freeman in that position sucks. I mean, flat out. That's not good leadership. And you you should you should be the head, the tip of the sword on that so that Marcus Freeman doesn't have to answer those questions. You go out there, you give a statement. This is what happened. You know, if you want to say whatever you want to say, this is what happened. 
Marcus Freeman has no part of it in any way anyway. So he's not going to answer those questions. I'm the leader of the university on the athletic side. I'm going to answer those questions. And that didn't happen. He's in the back well, of the room. And, you like know, it. there's no follow-up on those – no follow-up questions on that subject because everyone in the room knows what I just said. Right. Why ask Marcus Freeman? He's not the one who needs to be answering that question. Exactly. The guy standing at the back of the room looking at him is. Right. And that's – you know, and like Freeman talked about, you know, these guys, you know, didn't, you know, not choose Notre Dame because of a buyout. You know, somebody didn't not choose Notre Dame – because of a buyout. And again, it's, it's semantics and, 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 and at very best partial truths, because you can say, well, they didn't make that decision. Well, ultimately you made the decision. Allegedly, I guess about the buyout. And that was, you know, the tipping point in why that person, it's not that the person didn't choose to come to Notre Dame. Notre Dame chose not to go through with the buyout. So that eliminated those people or that person from Notre Dame. And if you went back to him two days later and said, Oh no, no, we'll, we'll pay the buyout at that point. It already went back and said, I'm staying and all of that. Now you're infringing on his credibility. Of course, he's going to say no, but that that's a cover your butt move, right? It it just, it is what it is. And of course we want to move on. We want to take that next step. We, we don't really want to talk about this stuff anymore, but it just keeps coming up and it keeps coming up because of the spin that is happening. And like you said, I echo what you said. I'm disappointed that Jack didn't go up there and take those darts because that's what you should do. That's what leadership is. Leaders, leaders got to take the bullets, man. Right. You know, like, that's... you know, I saw Tommy Guns talking about his time in the military. You know, I served in the military and there's plenty of other, I saw USMA 87 is, you know, there's a lot of, of veterans here. Everyone knows chain of command rolls downhill. And what yep. that means is the, the guy at the top, good or bad, has to be the one that's answering for it. And the guy at the top didn't answer for it today. The, yep. the guy below him did. And that's a shame. Like, I, 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 I understand why people are upset with what Marcus Freeman said. I get it. I get it. But I don't know that he gives, he's given much of a choice. I will say that. I don't know that he was given much of a choice. And he didn't sound the most comfortable to me saying what he said. Correct. That tells me that he didn't really want to say what he said. So that tells me he wanted, he was told to say it again, extrapolation on my part, no doubt about it, but that's how I feel. We have to infer because we have other knowledge beyond (laughs) what was just said. Massive knowledge at a press conference today. Super chat. We appreciate it from Lou Holtz and Thunderbolts. Do you think coach Marcus Freeman's reinforcement of the admin Fully supporting him was also about sending a message to us players that there are no excuses in 2023, that we have all the guys slash resources we need to win. At the end of the day, I think you can say all of that. I do. I think, I don't think that that was Marcus Freeman's message. I I don't think it was his message at all. And so I think you could extrapolate it that way. I think, I think his faith in Jared Parker is, is a hundred percent real. And I think he would. He's not going to spin that to his players. He's going to tell them this is this was the best guy for you guys. This is the best guy for us. And I think he wholeheartedly believes that, right? I don't think what he said today was a message to his players. I think it was the message that was given to him to say. I mean, That's what I the, think. yeah. And I mean, at the very least, you do want to keep a you know public unity, you know, a message of public unity out there, both for the fan base, for the players. 
for everyone else, you know, guys on the staff know, guys on the staff know what happened. And I'm sure that there are probably some players who actually know what happened, you know, because like these coordinators met with coaches and stuff like that right. during the process. Right. Yep. I wonder if Marcus Freeman had to go take a shower after having to say that with Jack Swerber. <laughs> I bet he was sweating. Question. I mean, I, <laughs> sweating through those expensive shirts that he wears. Yep. USMA 87, contrarian view, IB has different reports. Who from Notre Dame would want Jack or Marcus to look bad by saying the buyout was the obstacle? I mean, you know, again, I get that they're not going to, you know, they're not going to say that publicly. They'll never say that publicly. But Marcus Freeman brought this up without being asked the question. He went from talking about how excited he was about Jared Parker you know, being the guy to the criteria of what he was looking for, the the comment that we played earlier, the, the criteria he was looking for for the next offensive coordinator. And then he went into that spiel about buyouts without being asked about it. I, I wonder if it would have been asked of him if he hadn't brought it up of his own volition. I think it would have just because you didn't get access to Jack. I think somebody would have asked the question. I don't I don't know who has the cojones to do it, but I think somebody would have asked it at least somehow. You know what I mean? They would have tried to beat around the bush, you know, whatever. So I give him a lot of credit for actually just coming right out with it. But I'm sorry. He looked uncomfortable saying it. He looked uncomfortable. So I'm going to give, me personally, I'm going to give Marcus Freeman a pass because I don't think those are his words. I really don't. More and more I think about it, the more and more I listen to it and watch it, I don't think that was Marcus Freeman. I think he was told what to say. He didn't look comfortable. You know when he looked comfortable? When he was talking about Jared Parker and what a good offensive coordinator he's going to be. Are you telling me that was a hologram of Marcus Freeman standing in front of us today? I mean, I am watching the new season of Picard, so (laughs) I've kind of got that in my head. But Okay. Mr. 2.0, do you guys think the backlash will push the Notre Dame administration to put more into the program going forward? It felt the first time I've seen the fans cause a ruckus, at least in a little while. You know what? I tell you what, hold off on that okay. because I've got a uh, another soundbite that I want to play Ooh. that kind of goes along okay. with this, I think. Where is it? I'm trying to remember. Didn't I have three? Uh, yeah, yeah. So along the lines of buyouts, um, one of the re, you know recurring concerns is, you know, by by fans, obviously, you know, alums, whoever, mm-hmm. just how committed Notre Dame is to actually winning national championships. And that was asked today. You know, how Freeman feels about the commitment. Is Notre Dame actually committed to winning championships? Is there any other way um, that they can show more commitment to us having success? And that could be with um, coaching salaries. That can be with NIL. That can be with the support of our football program and continue to enhance everything we do, facilities, training table, whatever it is that we believe our program needs to continue to climb to the mountaintop. Um, I've had full support by the administration and Jack. Vince? I'm sure he feels that way, To you know, without with, – with the last situation notwithstanding, I'm sure he does feel supported, right? And I think 
you know, they're, you know, you got the brand new indoor facility. You've got all the upgrades to the football facility. We've heard a million. Now, here's where I get a little iffy. We've heard a lot about how they're going to renovate the Goog. I haven't seen a wrecking ball or I haven't seen any construction trucks out there yet. And I've heard about this for a few years now. So, look, I think that Notre Dame sees the value in a national championship. I also see that they're not willing to sell their soul to get one. So are they committed to a national championship? Yes, they think they are. Are they from the outside looking in? I got a little bit more of a hesitation there. Yeah, I felt like his response was not a total word salad, but it was as close to a word salad as you can get without being a word Mm -hmm. salad. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. there was like, uh, you know, some jello salad with some fruit mixed in, you know, those kind of, not not like total tossed lettuce and everything that you throw in the bowl and, you know, toss it up. Because he said some stuff. You know, again, he he kind of gave the answer that you would expect. Like you talk about the Goog, and I'm not making an excuse for Notre Dame on this, but I do wonder because, like you said, that's been talked about for a few years now. But since the pandemic, these last three years, construction costs, material costs, all that stuff have gone. Sure. Up. And now, oh yeah. Now again, I realize you say, well, it's Notre. You know, just like with the buyouts, it's Notre Dame. They've got the money. Blah blah blah. Well, when it comes to any facilities being built or upgraded or whatever. The money has to be in hand. So they might have had, you know, like, or been close to a set amount of money in hand. But once the pandemic hit and all the construction costs doubled, you know, that can change what the amount in hand has to do. That means you've still got more fundraising to do. Now, absolutely, I, I still have, like, like full confidence that if they really want to get it done, there are donors who would, who would yes. rain money on them to get it done if if the point is made that it's a priority yes yeah, that's right and he probably heard from every one of those donors over the last week and a half so i'm I, sure I, I guarantee you there are plenty of donors out there that would love to pour money into the football program i have no doubt in my mind that that would be the case derek is derek is you know at the end of his rope <laughs> right now for the first time ever i want sean to talk about cowboys women's basketball or NASCAR. And I don't know where NASCAR came into the picture because I mean, the Daytona 500 was a Vince's, good race. We'd have to get Vince's son Dylan to come on here and talk NASCAR <laughs> if we were going to talk NASCAR. Well, about 10 years ago, yes. Uh Oh, he's but, not into that anymore? No. No. Oh. It's kind of disappointing. I thought it was, I know. That was all parlay from like the cars nice little, movie. Nice little father-son thing. What was that? I know. Something McQueen. What's yeah, what's that? Lightning McQueen. Yeah, Lightning McQueen. Oh yeah. 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 It doesn't you know, Kurt Busch doesn't have the Mars sponsorship anymore, so he doesn't drive the M&M's car. So, like, you know, the 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 love affair is over. See, like, if you hadn't said Kurt Busch, I probably couldn't even no, name Kyle Busch. I'm sorry, Kyle Busch is any the of them. Car. Like, I couldn't name. I couldn't name a NASCAR <laughs> right now. Ryan Newman, the local guy. Okay, so anyway. this is. Do you do you want to play this thing about the hockey game? Do you want to talk about this thing with the hockey game? Or we do don't have to. Move on? I mean, point. if you want to play, you we? can, but... Where are we in the show right now? 716. You want to address it? Let's do it. Okay. So he was asked about taking Andy Ludwig to the Notre Dame hockey game a couple days before everything blew up. We want, correct? So we bring our top recruits into this place, and guess what we did with them on June Day? We took him to the hockey game because Coach Jackson does an excellent job, and that's a great environment. So we're not hiding the point of that 
we brought a guy in that we wanted. So we took him to the hockey game. And we ended up, he ended up not coming here. That's okay. We, I don't want to hide because I'm worried about, well, somebody might think that this guy turned us down or this guy said, no, he made a decision that's best for him. But I don't want to hide the fact of what makes Notre Dame great, right? If we're going to bring our top recruits to the hockey game, then why not bring an offensive coordinator candidate to the hockey game? Because why? If we don't get them, people are going to say, well, you tried and you lost. That's, that's life, you know? He decided to make a, a decision that was best for him. I wouldn't change that if I had to. We want to put our best foot forward. We're not trying to hide and say, hey, let's interview guys, and, and we don't want anybody to know because somebody might say you didn't get the guy you're going after. That's okay. That's life. You know, and we won't hide that. We won't in the future. If we are interviewing somebody else, guess what? we're going to put our best foot forward and try to show them everything that's great about this place. Why hide? Well, that's not what we want to do. Buy or sell it, Vince. I get what he's saying, but I don't think that's why they went to the hockey game. How about that? <laughs> I don't either. I think they because were showing the guy off. <laughs> if if I'm not mistaken, the media that was there was tipped off that they were there so that they would get pictures. So I don't buy it. I get the reasoning. I think that's a great response. I mean, it sure. was a great response because they do take the recruits to hockey games. Great. If you want to take them to watch a quality program, take them to the women's basketball program game. Marcus goes <laughs> well, Mark, to all those anyway. I was say, Marcus goes to all the women's basketball right. games. And they had one of those, but anyway, one of the that's games. neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, they didn't they didn't parade Klein around. Now I realize he was there during the week and there were no hockey games and there were no basketball games while he was there. It was a Tuesday, I believe. So there was no really nowhere to parade him around. But look, I believe that they're parading him around because he was the choice. And they wanted everybody to see that they were giving him the royal treatment. Okay. Didn't end up working out. And I have no problem with the fact that it didn't work out. And it didn't work, it didn't not work out because they took him to the hockey game. But I feel like that wasn't why they took him to the hockey game. Yeah. You're not taking him there to a to a very public place like that on campus if, right. if it's not pointing in the direction Correct. that he's going to be if, if he's not your guy. It's not like they walked him around campus and took him to Smashburger. They took him to the hockey game. <laughs> like, come on. They took Klein to Dairy Queen. That's probably why he said no. But no. <laughs> just kidding. That's right. I just, yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think it was a really good response to the yeah, question. Yeah, it was. Very good rationale. He backed yeah. it up. Hey, we take the recruits to hockey games. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, like, but when you're Marcus Freeman, just like when he goes to all these Notre Dame women's games, there's always cameras on him. And when Marcus Freeman shows up at the hockey game and Andy Ludwig is sitting right next to him, is you were talking about everyone knows there's going to be a lot of photos going around. And if you're Notre Dame, you're not making that play unless you think that that's your guy. Right. I just don't right. think you do. Yep. I agree. All right. A couple more questions before we wrap it up tonight. This one's just for Derek because I know what an XFL fan Derek is. Made its <laughs> debut this weekend. And Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk says, an alternate league like the NFL would have more luck and, you know, long-term success potentially if they played their season in the middle of the week during the NFL season rather than, 
you know, like right now during the spring, a standalone type season. Do you buy or sell that? Huge sell. Huge sell. And here's why. I think the XFL is doing something pretty smart right now. If I, if I, if I heard the quote right, and I think I did because it was obviously a lot of PR out there this weekend, so it was the opening weekend and all that. They've got a 10-week schedule, and that's going to go right up to like rookie mini camps, essentially. And that's perfect timing. It's This is like a 10-week tryout for a lot of these guys. And I think that is more along the lines of what the NFL would want in one of these sub-leagues than something that's going on at the exact same time. Because even with the USFL, that's going to be more of a summer league as opposed to a spring league because it doesn't even start until the middle of April, I believe. And that's going to go through training camps. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to bring in guys who have gone through an entire season of USFL and then bring them into an NFL camp just for fall camp. You want them there over the summer, OTAs, all of that. The XFL is positioned calendar-wise, I think, to be a much better feed-in to what the NFL schedule looks like. I, I, during the, I think they would get washed out there's too many college games. There's too many NFL games. They would get washed out if they well, were at the same time. See, but based on what you're saying, like, one, I think these all, no matter when you play them, the alternate leagues are going to have a hard, hard time. The only way that one of them is ultimately going to be able to succeed, you know, because the USFL will be back, you know, just like it you will. said, like Joe was asking about, the only way they're going to be able to succeed is if they have a more direct link to the NFL. So to an extent, I buy what you're talking about, you know, lead into mini camps and all that different kind of stuff as their season is winding down, you know, you're giving the NFL, you know, you're, you're getting some publicity like, but I think playing on Wednesday night, you know, cause then you've got football on Wednesday night, you've got NFL on Thursday night. Of course you got high school, some college on Friday, you've got college football Saturday, and then you go Sunday NFL, Monday NFL. You've only got one day of the week off. Maybe even play some Tuesday night games if you're the XFL. And I think if you have, you know, that as guys get injured during an NFL season, the XFL might not like it, but the, if they have a more direct link to the NFL, you know, like if a number two running back gets hurt, you know, for the New York Giants, I didn't say Dallas Cowboys. The New York Giants on Sunday in the you know some XFL stud running back is doing great. Then boom, you know you've you, you sign the XFL guy and he's part of an NFL roster, and that's good for the XFL. You know if they can become a feeder league for the NFL. So I I can I can see what you're saying with like you think that you know, this time of year is good because it's leading up to draft and you can evaluate some of these players before the draft and maybe think about, you know, maybe give some serious consideration to them. I, I could see some validity, you know, like for the, for the football nuts and especially the gamblers, you know, you get it on the sports wagering apps where like you've got football almost seven days a week. If, if you throw the XFL into the mix during the season, Sean, I would have flunked out of college if I didn't have Tuesday and Wednesday to do homework. Okay. <laughs> like we literally sat down in our apartment of like four guys and we're like, okay, Tuesday and Wednesday are the guy. We, th- these are the days that we got to focus and we got to get our work done because we're going to be watching football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So I would have flunked out of college. It would not have gone well for me. I just like it better as a standalone working its way into the NFL as opposed to at the same time. I just think that's yeah. football overload. And 
On top of that, if you've got the product of the NFL, the product of college, and the product of the XFL all going simultaneously, I think that would actually pull the XFL down a little bit. Because right now there's nothing to compare the XFL to. See, but like all these, the all these, all these leagues, the XFL included, and the US, you know, these are reboots. It's like not only are TV shows doing reboots from shows 30 years ago, like <laughs> pro football leagues are doing they reboots are. as well. And they've both tried before. They've both tried alternate, you know, spring and summer type schedules, and it just doesn't work. There's just never fan interest there. And that's a big problem. And I, and I still, you know, really doubt the longevity because of that, whether they're in season or out. Can you actually generate enough fan interest, sell enough tickets? Will the TV contracts be there? All those things, you know, but again, we'll there's see. nothing on, there's, there's nothing on TV right now, but streaming shows and reality yeah. shows. So if you put football games on Tuesdays and or Wednesdays during the regular football season, I think that you'd probably have a better shot of getting a, a decent audience than most things that are on TV right now. That might interest some TV networks. I don't know. Well, the, the stuff that's on TV right now, there is nothing, right? Yeah. It's just, it's so, so that's why I think it's positioned well for right now. And they have their TV deal with ESPN ABC is the XFL. USFL, I think, has a deal with maybe Fox. I'm not 100% sure. But they got their TV deal. Let's see how this thing goes. It feels... This weekend, I watched a bit of all four of those games. I watched Jet Cohn's entire game, right? I feel like right now it's a better product than they ever had XFL-wise. I think it's, it feels like, a, it doesn't feel gimmicky. It feels like a good product. So we'll see how long it can last. There was a decent number of fans all around. Yes, it was opening weekend. We'll see how things go as they as they move further. But I also like the fact that they're not in just one hub city and called of the Seattle Sea Dragons or whatever, like the USFL did last year. So we'll see how it looks. But right yeah. now, I kind of liked it. I, I enjoyed it. We got a couple offensive line super chats. One from JoJo. Thanks, JoJo. Any O-line coach intel? Hope Coach Freeman gets him. Excuse me. And then Mark, good show, guys. Very interested in what the offensive players' roles and uh, the new OC is going to display. Any thoughts? You know, and again, like, what exactly, you know, that looks like and players. We'll get some dabbles of that in the spring. The offensive line information. It's very tight-lipped right now. Very tight-lipped. I don't know if it has to do with, you know, any of the other topics we've been talking about on this show, but it has been very tight-lipped. Yep. I haven't seen anything, if I'm being honest. And they talked about it a little bit in the press conference, and – you know, Jared Parker said he's got a, a long list that they're vetting basically right now. So yeah. that list will shrink. And when it does, I have a feeling some of those names will leak. Yeah. Tyler says he's finally able to watch live. He says he's always watching Brian and Ryan while he's doing his mail route. Finally, no kids able to watch <laughs> these guys. Keep coming. Thank you very much. I hear you. My Tyler. kids are at the arcade right now. So I got the whole house to myself. Mm -hmm. Could have presented that in the form of a super chat, though, too. We'd appreciate it. No, <laughs> You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Final question for the night. Fill in the blank. It's blank that after finishing last season at the College World Series, Notre Dame baseball opened this season by losing two of three games in a series against Lipscomb. It's it's a little disturbing. It's not the end of the world, obviously. Baseball is a long season. They're, they're still trying to get their feet under them with a new head coach, and they lost some talent, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't have a chance to watch any of those games, so I can't really speak to some mistakes that were made. I heard there was a lot of hit batsmen in the third game. And so, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but it's not a great start. It's not a great start to win one out of your first three against a subpar opponent, or at least you would think would be a subpar opponent. So, no, that's, not that's, a great start. I mean, and that's. You know, part of this is like you go south and and all that, and you know, which Notre Dame always has to do at this time of year, and all the northern teams have to do at this time of time of year because shock, there was snow on the ground, you know, in mm-hmm. South Bend when they left town this weekend. No, no one gets to Omaha in no. mid February. No, you know, plenty of pulmonary teams started off very slow. You know, like the. His actual College World Series team notoriously started very slowly. They were under 500 for a while and and ended up kicking it into gear down the stretch. You don't expect to go to Nashville and lose two out of three games. Yeah. Lipscomb, though. And you don't expect to go 10 for 91 at the plate for the weekend. You know, that's that that's the biggest thing that 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 jumps out to me. Not overreacting to the wins or losses. How competitive were you in these games? And they had to come back in the late innings just to win the middle game in the series. Um, you know, but Link Jarrett had a very specific offensive approach, and it mm-hmm. served them very well. Sean Stifler is not Link Jarrett, and I'm not saying right. that in a pejorative way. He's still a really good head coach, but he has a completely different system. Mm-hmm. He's not going to implement that same kind of system. And, like, I just – you know, I'm pretty confident saying if Link Jarrett was the head coach, I don't think they'd probably have that kind of weekend at Fair. the plate based on everything, you know, that we saw with these guys' abilities to grind out. You know, like their thing was winning games in the late innings. And again, this team won one game in the late innings, but they lost the other three. And, you know, there were some issues. The bigger thing with this, and again, every coach is going to have his own philosophy. I get it. But you start off with a three-game series at Lipscomb. You start off with a, and then you follow that with a three game series at UNC Greensboro, and you follow that with a three game series at Alabama Birmingham. And I know for a fact, like San Antonio used to be a big base location. There's a huge Notre Dame club of San Antonio. A guy named Ben Davis has always, you know, he used to help 
put on this tournament down there. A couple of the other coaching staffs kind of got away from that. But, like, you shouldn't be playing all these three-game series on the road to start off the season. You should either be going to San Antonio, doing an event like that where you can put on your own tournament, bring in some different teams, and or you go on the road and you get, like, three teams involved. You play each team twice, you know, like a total of four games. You play, you know, one team twice, one game once. Like the thing that the lasting, you know, scheduling philosophy that Paul Maneri sort of enlightened me on is you don't play three game series if if you're Notre Dame, you know, in these early portions of the season. Because what happens is if you go on the road and you play a team twice, you still get some RPI credit for splitting those two games. But like what Notre Dame just did, winning one of three, which means they lost two of three, you're not getting any RPI credit for that. And you're opening up the season with three, you know, three game series like that on the road. So hopefully they get away from that in the future. There's nothing they can do about that now. But, you know, again, not going to put everything on one weekend. Hopefully they get better. No, absolutely. And hitting's all about timing and everything else. And it, it, your hitting is what struggles the most up front in the season. That's the hardest part to get going. It just is. And so, Am I surprised that they went 10 for 91? Yeah, a little bit. But again, not that much because hitting is really difficult, especially when you're going on the road, your first series, all of those different things. Hitting is going to be the last thing that comes around. So give it a few weeks. Let them play at home a few times. Like, let's see where this thing goes once they start, you know, the conference season and things like that. Yeah. Decaf 18 says it was a bunch of unearned runs in the second game. That's how they won. And, you know, there you go. So the other team committed some errors and it helped Notre Dame. You know, now the other side of that means is, you know, even though they didn't get hits, they were putting the ball in play and, and yada, yada, which is good, but you just, you got to keep getting better every weekend. Like you said, it's a long season and you want to, you want to see them continue to grow. I was just, I think, like everybody, a little bit surprised to see him drop. I was too, especially to a team like that. So, but it is what it is, and (laughs) see what happens. That would be incorrect, Derek. I don't know if you're just joking and you're trying to pile on everything on Jack Swarbrick, but each each coach actually makes their own schedule, and then the athletic department, except for football, yeah. But then the athletic the athletic department signs off on it after the end, right? Like after after they look at class days missed and all that kind of different stuff, it has to go through all that process but yeah the schedules of everybody but football gets to entirely make their own schedule so all right vince well we had a long run tonight yeah we did tonight (laughs) (laughs) hello hell it was ron then (laughs) (laughs) well done Derek. well done that's a mic drop moment mic drop moment we'll drop ours go ahead i was gonna say lots to talk about obviously with the press conference today i would highly suggest everybody tune in tomorrow at one o'clock I believe that is when their show is going to be. Brian's going to have a lot more to say on the matter. And uh, and I don't blame him. So hopefully we can all move on. The bottom line is this is Notre Dame staff. They're still looking for an offensive line coach. We'll see what direction they go in there. But this is the team. Like This is the coaching staff that we have to report on. This is the coaching staff that we have to teach these kids how to win. And at the end of the day, I think we can all agree we want Notre Dame to win. So let's see what happens. That's yeah. the fun part about covering a team like this. So, you know, I trust Marcus Freeman. I do. And maybe he didn't get to Jared Parker the way 
that we wanted him to get to Jared Parker, but he did. And I think he is sleeping very well at night because of it. Outcome is all that matters. Yep. Results are all that matters. Does he put up results? That's right. that's ultimately what it's going to come down to. Absolutely. First bad game, everyone's going to be crying about nepotism, basically. You know, I know, right? Let's wait for and, it. Yeah. All right, we'll hit the like button on your way out. We appreciate it. Of course, it helps Irish break down. Subscribe, rate, review, comment. Leave us a five-star rating on your podcast platforms. We'll get, I promise, more into the Jared Parker aspect of things tomorrow. He had a lot to say today. had a lot of really good things to say, some interesting things to say, and we will get more into that on tomorrow's show. You know, whether as Chi-Town says, whether he felt like a consolation prize or not, well... I'll let you hear some of his thoughts tomorrow in Tuesday. Vince, I'll talk to you then. Or I guess I'll talk to Jesse then, but I will talk to you later. Mailbag on Wednesday, baby. Sorry. Whoop. <laughs> IB Nation Sports Talk. We'll talk to you later.